discuss disparagement under the uh, EU Commission scrutiny now. So you are all competition law practitioners, so you know that competition authorities have been looking for a long time to apply competition law to new factual patterns and to practices that are not easily fit into established categories of infringement. The French Competition Authority has taken the lead by importing a classic concept of unfair denigration of a competitor or its products into the antitrust world. The French competitor, uh, Competition Authority's lead on this topic is currently being praised by the Commission, which satisfies itself of the work already done and now wants to have its piece of this new cake. I will start by giving a quick overview of the decisions in which denigration has been sanctioned as an abuse of dominance or as an anti-competitive agreement in the life sciences sector over the last decade. Almost all the decisions that we will discuss today have been appealed and further upheld by the IS courts, which have helped clarify some crucial points. There was no EU precedent of abusive disparagement, nor any national precedent of abusive disparagement of a drug, but the French Competition Authority relied on its own case law developed in the telecom industry when the incumbent operator had been found to be abusively denigrating the new entrants. The first three decisions in the Plavix, Subutex and Durogesic cases relate to very similar factual patterns. In the three decisions, the pharma company owning the Princeps drug was found to have implemented a focused and systematic campaign to discourage the prescription of generic alternatives. According to the authority, the core of the strategy was to cast doubts on their efficacy and safety just before the generic launch. In the three decisions, the, the Princeps company was also found to mislead healthcare professionals, suggesting that they could be liable in case of medical problems following a prescription or sale of any generic version, except for the potential safe generic version of the pharma company. The fourth decision of the French Competition Authority follows the decision of the Italian Competition Authority in 2014 against Roche and Novartis, who were found to jointly agree to disparage Avastin health label use to treat vascular eye diseases. In these two Avastin cases, the factual pattern was slightly different as it concerned attempts to fight against the off-label use of another Princeps drug. Novartis and Roche were found to have discredited the decisions taken by some ophthalmologists who prescribed Avastin off-label to treat their patients. Novartis was considered to have unjustifiably exaggerated the risks associated to off-label use of Avastin. For the authorities, this has had the effect of maintaining Lucentis at a supra-competitive price level. The Roche-Avastin saga is still not over, as further proceedings are pending in Italy and in France, but very important principles have been set in relation to disparagement in the pharma sector, and in particular thanks to a preliminary ruling of the Court of Justice in the Italian case. Finally, I would like to mention that the Danish authority has taken its part in the club of authorities finding anti-competitive denigration. It fined FLAC, a Danish ambulance service company, for having excluded uh, the, uh, its Dutch competitor buyers from the market by creating uncertainty and concerns about buyers as a supplier of ambulance services and in particular as an employer. FLAC secretly sent negative stories about buyers to the press and to their own employees. Due to the particularities of this narrow market, IOS has faced, faced difficulties to recruit paramedics and was forced to leave the market. Clarification from national competition authorities also came from decisions in which the authority rejects allegations of denigration. And for example, I would like to mention a very recent decision dated 6 October 2022, 
in which the French Competition Authority ruled that ACLAR's statements against online sales of corrective, um, corrective optical lenses did not meet the standard of proof of abusive denigration. This short overview shows that denigration can be sanctioned both under Article 101 as an anti-competitive agreement and also under 102 as a unilateral or collective abuse of dominance. In the context of the preliminary ruling I mentioned related to the Italian Avastin case, the Advocate General stated very concisely that the concerted communication of misleading allegations of the lesser safety of one medical product compared to another is by its very nature harmful to the proper functioning of normal competition. In its ruling, the Court of Justice confirmed this with an important message that an agreement between competitors marketing two competing drugs to communicate certain denigrating information to decision makers constitutes a restriction of competition by object. At the same time, the French Competition Authority and the Danish Authority have consistently made clear that denigration can also be abusive behavior falling under a 102 when it is implemented by a company holding a dominant position as it is not competition on the merits. So the double qualification is clear, but is it the same for the standard of proof? Although the standard of proof has been usefully clarified along the years, it might not be crystal clear yet. It may not appear robust enough to provide sufficient legal certainty, but still it provides some useful guidance for pharma companies. The first question could be how unfair denigration can become anti-competitive denigration. The French Competition Authority and the Danish authorities have made clear that while unfair competition practices can be governed by the marketing rules, it does not preclude antitrust enforcement where it can potentially have an effect on competition on the market. The French Competition Authority defines a denigrating behavior as consisting in publicly discrediting an, an identified person a service or a product. It differs from simple criticism in that it emanates from an economic actor seeking to gain a competitive advantage by penalizing a competitor. Based on this definition, the French Competition Authority developed a standard of proof, which is a combination of three elements. The first element would be, is the commercial speech made by the dominant firm based on objective findings or is it based on unverified assertions? The second element would be, does the commercial speech have the ability to influence the market structure? And the third element would be, can we establish a link between the dominance and the practice of disparagement? This, is, uh, this third element is the easiest element as the link may result from the reputation of the company concerned and the trust placed in it by the market, which are likely to significantly reinforce the impact of the denigrating speech. Coming back to the first element, the question of whether the veracity of the information conveyed is important is a crucial point. For the French Competition Authority and the Court of Justice, the information must be false or misleading or based on unverified assertions. This means that even a factually correct information can become misleading when it, when it is not communicated in a comprehensive manner. A pharmaceutical company may highlight the objective qualities of its product, but highlighting not only qualities, but also differences with other products is an area of great caution. The content of the message is tightly linked to the context of the speech and the conditions in which it is heard. 
This means that if the differences can only be understood as substantial differences, which in turn raise objective doubts about the qualities of competing products or on the risks associated with substitution, then it can be proof of a desire to mislead the practitioners and can constitute an abuse of dominance. The Danish authorities' decision goes even further from this line as it was not concerned whether flax communication was wrong or misleading. Some information might have been factually correct, but the mere fact that it was carried out covertly through third parties was itself manipulative and misleading. For the veracity of the denigrating information is only an element, among others, to assess a potential anti-competitive denigration. Put otherwise, objective and factual statements are not exempt from antitrust risks in the pharma sector. This is an easy transition to the next question. Of course, the context and sector in which the denigration takes place is extremely important. The sector concerned is directly relevant to assess the second element of the French uh, Competition Authority standard of proof, when, uh, which is the ability to impact the market structure. This is an inconcrete analysis which takes into account the greater or lesser sensitivity of the recipients of the information to its content. In the French cases, the authority paid attention to the fact that the healthcare professionals had little knowledge of pharmacology or of the regulation of generic drugs and were characterized by their aversion to taking any risks. In such a sector-specific context, it considered that the dissemination of negative information or even the installation of doubts about the intrinsic qualities of a drug could immediately discredit uh, the product among the healthcare professionals. So my last comment would be, is it limited to princeps and, um, and generics competition? There has been a point in time where one could legitimately wonder whether the case law on denigration in the pharma sector would be limited to originator generic competition. But the Roche-Novartis case made it soon very clear that competition authorities would not limit the anti-competitive denigration qualification to such a narrow field as the relevant products Avastin and Lucentis were competing originators. What is important for anti-competitive denigration is whether the information conveyed can impact the market structure. In that respect, the targeted or non-targeted nature of communications can be taken into account. Target means an identified person, an identified product, but also an identified category of products or persons. In that respect, all generics, but also all biosimilars, would probably constitute a category of products that is relevant for assessing the impact on the market structure. On the contrary, the French Competition Authority has already rejected denigration allegations in relation to statements made, for example, by the representative bodies of dental surgeons on teeth whitening treatments because they were too general and they did not allow either to identify the particular operator or the service likely to be associated with it. I'm trying to move to the next slide. Doesn't work. Ricardo? Okay. Okay. It's working. Hello? Still can hear you. Okay. 
Yeah, but I don't know where where I was frozen. So don't know if you get all what I explained on the on the slide before. So I will just. I've heard everything. Yes, confirm. Okay, excellent, excellent. So the commission is now currently investigating two potential denigration cases. Less than two months ago, the commission sent a statement of objections to Teva for potential abusive practices in relation to its blockbuster drug Copaxone, which is used to treat multiple sclerosis. According to the public information, the Commission wonders, as Mark just said, whether Teva may have implemented a systematic disparagement campaign targeting healthcare professionals and casting doubts about the safety and efficacy of the competing drug and its therapeutic equivalence with Copaxone. Still, according to public information, the Commission has also opened an investigation against V4 Pharma, for, who is suspected of having disparaged monofair by spreading misleading information regarding to its safety. The Commission is concerned that V4 may have implemented a communication campaign targeting healthcare professionals, which have unduly ended monofair uptake in the EEA. Commission officials do not give more information when speaking about these investigations, but it is clear that they rely on the work already done by the French and Italian authorities to build a standard of proof. The press releases do refer to language which has been used by these authorities, like targeting a specific audience, casting doubts, safety, efficacy. It is difficult at this stage to tell more about these cases, but it already sends a clear message that the Commission now takes its part in the denigration cases, and also that denigration cases are not limited to Princeps generic competition. This move also comes from the conclusion, which can be drawn from the last years of antitrust enforcement in the pharma sector, that there is a growing importance of non-price related competition parameters. And it is a clear message that authorities will not hesitate to investigate these new categories of infringement.